2016, when there was a ton of buzz, they were just covering it because it was just going up. And that created more and more and more and more hype, which resulted in Bitcoin just prematurely, really, the price go up to the almost $20,000. And inevitably, it dropped. Um, that was just pure hype because of the media. And then when it dropped, when it was actually a good time to buy, of course, media pulled back, pulled away. They stopped talking about it. That's why sometimes <laughs> it's not the best to listen to the media because when the price is going up, it's actually not the best time to buy. The best time to buy is actually when the price is going down. Yo, what is going on, baby? Nathan Kennedy, The New Money Podcast, episode 110. How y'all doing, man? Thank you so, so much for tuning in. As usual, my friends, ask me any questions y'all got on Instagram, as well as if you are listening on Apple Podcast. More reviews are coming. Thank you. Thank you so much. I need, you know what? I need to track these reviews. Like, I, it's tough. The username does, doesn't show. It's not very indicative of, of, of who actually left it. But if you've left a review anytime recently, or if you're about to leave one, please reach out and tell me. And I want to give you something like a gift card or fucking something. I, I really, really appreciate it. Thank you guys so, so much. So today I have an interview actually from last November and it's on Bitcoin. And you know what? It was really right before everything got really, really hectic with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and nfts and everything like that so it, i'm gonna definitely sound dated um i think kiana who's the guest is gonna sound way like she's gonna sound like a genius um right now because of how much money she talks about that she has in bitcoin and so it's just and she actually wrote the book on uh investing for dummies with bitcoin and things like that so you know just just a really great interview i wanted to bring it back also i'm moving life is crazy hectic right now this week so what better week than to bring back a great episode i know i said i was going to either do a, a an interview that was coming up or uh, part three of getting your ish together but uh like i said moving life's hectic let's bring one from the vault let's just dive on into it baby <laughs> So really quick, just kind of uh, take me through your sort of um, your background, uh, where you went to school, your, uh, you know, your career and things like that. And, and uh, you know, how you kind of found yourself into, you know, the social media and that. Right. So um, quickly, I was born and raised in Iran. I went to school to study electrical engineering in Japan. And then I came to the U.S. to work on Wall Street in New York. So that's a quick version and um, the reason why I came to New York is because I became passionate, interested actually about the market crash in 2008, which accidentally made me some money while everybody else was, was losing money. And I decided to come to New York and see what Wall Street is all about. And I became increasingly interested in personal finance, investing, trading, Things that I was not brought up with because I was mainly brought up in a very academic family where, you know, academia is good, but money is bad. And I quickly learned that they can both be good. You can have knowledge and you can have money. There is no shame in that. So I did a lot of personal development, studying 
and um, actually experimenting with things on my own, published a few books. And um, then I really became passionate to help other women start their own financial journey. So um, I had to now learn about marketing and everything. So that's how uh, the social media came handy. And I finally kind of, I feel like I finally got it. I finally last year got how to work social media. So right after it, eight years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely a, a big adjustment, I'm sure. So I, I kind of just want to dive into to your story a bit. So you said um, in, in, oh wait, you kind of made some money on accident. Did you how? I'm just curious. <laughs> so, you know, 2008, I was in Japan and the markets were crashing, financial crisis, right? I did not know what a financial crisis means, but all I heard was that because of it, the US dollar is getting cheaper versus Japanese yen. Now that I understood because I was in Japan, I had Japanese yen, the currency, and I was like, oh my God, if I ever want to go to the US, maybe I should buy some US dollar now at a cheaper price. And um, I was going to the ATM every day. The price was dropping. I was like, when is it going to hit the low? I want to buy at the cheapest price. And I became savvy about it. I was talking about it to one of my friends. I'm like, yeah, how do I know what price to buy it at? Like, I want to buy it at the cheapest, cheapest price. And she was like, well, you know what? You can actually not only buy it at the cheapest price, you can even make money on top of it by exchanging it. I'm like, what are you talking about? She created an account for me with a Forex broker. I had no idea what she was doing. And she put me on leverage and she did all these things. One month and I, I transferred $10,000 worth of Japanese yen into it. One month and I doubled my money, $10,000 on top of it. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's August, 2008, September. So dollar yen from, went from, I guess, 120 to 96 or something like that. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. How did that happen? Like, I have no idea what happened. And that is what sparked the interest in me understanding the world of trading. For sure. And so um, to kind of take me through that evolution, I mean, you, you said you started off, so Forex, if I'm not mistaken, um, what's your evolution um, as, as an investor been since then? I mean, it's uh, it's been a hell of a run uh, up until recently, but we're kind of back to where we were. Um, so kind of take me through how, you know, you started to uh, dip your toe in and, and you, you saw what, um, you know, investing in, in some respects can do for you. Take me through that sort of evolution for you. Sure. So I started out, yes, with Forex. That was my first love, if you will. And then when I came to New York, that is where I got a job. I got a job at a Forex broker. I packed my bags. I'm like, I'm going to New York and I'm going to find a job in finance. And that was the first job I got. And, um, so it was interesting because when I was working at the Forex broker, I realized it's kind of shady and the brokers are kind of shady. And thank God I got fired from that broker that is no longer actually in business in the U.S. Um, but so that kind of got me, got my eyes open to the dark side of finance and trading and I now knew there was money to be made, but I also knew that there are people out there to get you. So I went on a journey of a lot of self-study, self-learning. After I got fired, I studied for the certified financial planning degree. I studied for a um, chartered market technician, CFA, all these C-level stuff. 
And my goal wasn't really to become a money manager. My goal was to learn about these things. And after I dove into those, I realized it's actually not as hard as they make it sound. And I was a complete newbie and I was understanding. And English isn't even my first language. It's like my third language. And I was understanding. I was getting it. And I started experimenting with things. Um, Then I got kind of a freelancer job on New York Stock Exchange. I started reporting on the markets. And then I started trading a little bit more. Then I lost a little bit of money. Then I went back. So it's been a, a hell of a ride. But long story short, I went from Forex to stocks, to cryptocurrency, to really now what my passion is when it comes to teaching and not really investing is personal finance. So personally, what I invest in right now, I no longer trade Forex. I don't think it's worth the time. But I invest in growth and value stocks. I also invest in some select cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin. And my goal on the business side, on the entrepreneurship side, is to help other women do the same, but do it wisely, not like just jump in the markets like I did and just lose a bunch of money. I'm basically helping them shortcut what I did in the past 10 years and do it in eight weeks. So that is what I've evolved me. You can can call me an investment coach, I guess. So (laughs) that's what I am. That's incredible. That's incredible. And I feel like... um, we all have our sort of like evolution as investors, as, as you start to pick up different things, and you learn different asset classes. Um, and one of the ones that you just mentioned are, is cryptocurrency. And I kind of want to ask a few questions about that. So um, there's a lot of buzz. I mean, there was a ton of buzz maybe about two years around, you know, Bitcoin, cryptocurrency. And um, at least in the mainstream side, it, it's kind of kind of receded back. It's not really talked about as much in the mainstream anymore. Um, Kind of give me your give me your take. I, I believe you wrote one book on cryptocurrency, correct? Or multiple? Yes. Right? So I wrote so it's cryptocurrency investing for dummies. It's for the for dummy series, but then they had some spin-offs because it did, it did very well. They have some handbooks on it too. So they made some some different versions of it. Right. My back you can see. But um so as a person who has been in the media talking about cryptocurrency, I can tell you that you're absolutely correct. So 2012 to 2016, when there was a ton of buzz, they were just covering it because it was just going up and that created more and more and more and more hype, which resulted in Bitcoin just prematurely, um, really the price go up to the almost $20,000 and inevitably it dropped. Um, that was just pure hype because of the media. And then when it dropped, when it was actually a good time to buy, of course, media pushed back, pulled back, pulled away. They stopped talking about it only. And I, I'm like for some of the TV channels, I'm actually one of their cryptocurrency people. Anytime they call me, it's only if Bitcoin price is going up. They would never call me if Bitcoin price is going down, which is on the, you're, it's not. Anyway, so that's why sometimes it's not the best to listen to the media because when the price is going up, it's actually not the best time to buy. The best time to buy is actually when the price is going down. But again, the price was going up yesterday and they called me up to go on Fox Business tomorrow. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go on Fox Business tomorrow. So, but before that, nobody was calling me for like, <laughs> like 10, right. six months. So that's, um, so that's the media on Bitcoin. But the good thing is, well, I'm a believer in Bitcoin. I do think that it has really um, potential to become a real, I mean, it already is a store of value. And I believe that its price is going to go higher. 
It's just that people need to really understand it and understand the market sentiment behind it because it is very volatile. People sometimes get into it for the wrong reasons just because they hear about it somewhere, but they don't actually know what they're doing. They don't have a wallet, a crypto wallet. Like they don't have the necessity, the necessary um, equipment to actually invest in cryptocurrency and be safe and uh, things like that. So yeah, that's the reason why I actually wrote the book after the crash. So people don't get into it without any knowledge. For sure. So with Bitcoin, so from my understanding, I've heard that some people talk about it and, and other experts and things like that. I'm I'm very peripheral on, on this. I I'm, I kind of just have my ear to the ground, but I'm I'm not currently. I don't have a position or anything. I used to, um, and then you know, obviously, I ate it like everybody else when it <laughs> came down. And so uh, it is what it is. But um, I I do. I'm really interested in like the underlying technology, uh, like blockchain and things like that. And I've heard that Bitcoin um, could be the first of many. Um, more evolved versions of it um, using that sort of um, technology. So um, really, I, again, you know, you're literally the author on cryptocurrency for dummies. <laughs> like, dumb it down for us. What is blockchain and, and how and why are people so bullish on it? Why are or why aren't people bullish on it? I guess both. Why would they and why wouldn't they? Right. We? Good question. So Bitcoin, blockchain technology, you nailed it. That is the underlying technology uh, under Bitcoin. So whoever created Bitcoin wanted it to be um, an example of how blockchain can be used. So, for example, it's kind of, Bitcoin to blockchain is like email to the Internet, right? Email is a byproduct of the Internet. Similarly, Bitcoin is a byproduct of the blockchain technology. The person, well, they call themselves Satoshi Nakamoto. Nobody knows who he is. Um, who created this concept. He wasn't the inventor of the concept, but he brought it into life uh, with Bitcoin, wanted to showcase how blockchain can be used. And Bitcoin is a byproduct, is a, crypto, is a, is a currency that can be created on the blockchain technology. And it's basically kind of like Internet 2.0, where data can be stored and be safe. And uh, you kind of can, it's, it's a ledger. What blockchain is, it's a ledger of data um, kind of clipped together and there are so many different ways that you can utilize it. You can utilize it publicly, you can utilize it privately. Now, a lot of companies are using blockchain in their companies, um, in their systems, uh, either even if they are private. So blockchain is now used everywhere and they like there is no denying, like nobody, even people who are bearish on Bitcoin, they're not denying the fact how, of how powerful the blockchain technology is. And then we have Bitcoin, which is the first, which was the first byproduct of blockchain, and we could see exactly how blockchain can work with even a currency. And people who are bullish on Bitcoin, basically what they are saying is that, well, obviously it has an underlying technology, which is blockchain. But the reason why there are, the reason why it has so much hype around it is because it's a currency that is not, not backed by any government. It's not backed by any centralized entity. And we are living in really weird times where everybody is just kind of tensioned up. No matter which side of the aisle you are when it comes to politics, you are tensed up. Like people are demonizing each other on both sides. Like there's us versus them and this and that. And people are fed up. 
And, um, and, and that's just in the US. So back from where I am from in, 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 in Iran, this happened 40 years ago. So I'm experiencing it again in, in the US, but <laughs> so we had a revolution. I wasn't born then, but before I was born, there was a revolution in Iran that you know people kind of tensed up and they over, overthrew their government the Shah. And um, so what happened is that the new government who was promising the world to the people uh, took over all of my dad's assets and froze his bank account. And they just did it. It was a revolution. There was like, you know, chaos and they froze his bank account. And when I learned about Bitcoin, I was like, oh my gosh, if my dad has had even like a fraction of his assets in something like Bitcoin, which is not connected to a government entity, the government would not have been able to freeze his bank accounts. It's like yours. It's decentralized. And that to me was very powerful. And that's why Bitcoin is getting so much attention, not only in the US, but across the world globally. Like, you know, think about sanctions again. So I'm Iranian, but I'm also Jewish. So it's very weird. So for example, um, you cannot send money from Iran to Israel because they are enemies. But you can't send Bitcoin from Iran to Israel. <laughs> no government is going to track that. So as there is this level of freedom when it comes to cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, especially Bitcoin, because it's not centralized. There is nobody. We literally don't know who's behind it. Uh, other cryptocurrencies that, that have come arise since Bitcoin, they're optimized for different things. They have their own different pur purposes. Bitcoin, for me, it's kind of like gold. It's like gold 2.0. It's a store of value. Then we have other cryptocurrencies that can be, you know, used for transactions. There are so many different uh, options. So um, I, I, did that make sense? Was that a good Absolutely. crash course on cryptocurrencies? No, 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 no. no that, I was. I'm fascinated. I, like literally. Um, so when we when we think of um, Bitcoin and and other cryptocurrencies like I guess Ethereum, Litecoin, and and all the coins, um, you know. For for the average investor, for maybe somebody who's listening to this early twenties, they're just getting started with investing. You know, what do you consider uh, cryptocurrency to be? Do you think it's one of those high risk, high reward assets where it should be a, a sort of like a sliver, or a small portion of your portfolio, or do you think that with with enough research and um, sort of expertise, you could, uh, you know? invest a sizable position with relative certainty uh, that it, it'll go up over the long term. I, I mean, what, what are you, what's your sort of, um, you know, with, with maybe your, your students and things like that, what, what's your sort of uh, philosophy with that? Right. So that's a very interesting question. So Bitcoin is tricky and cryptocurrency is tricky because there are a lot of scammers out there who can come and lure you into doing some very risky stuff like day trading. That I do not recommend don't day trade cryptocurrencies. There are so many, like even every time I do a YouTube video on Bitcoin, I get so many bots like coming and commenting, oh, come trade crypto with like, who and so and so. Don't do that. Um, Bitcoin, in my opinion, is actually low risk as long as you actually know what you're doing and as long as you have the information about it. Um, at this point, and this, Again, I'm one of those people because I've done the studies, I kind of feel like, not feel like, but my valuation for Bitcoin in the next five to 10 years is that I think its price is gonna go up to $100,000. So even though it's risky, if you don't know 
anything about it if you don't know how to secure your Bitcoin, if you don't know where to buy it, if you don't know how to stay away from scammers, it's, it's going to be super risky for you. But once you nail those down, um, I think people, I, I recommend, not recommend, but I personally have, <laughs> let's put it that way. <laughs> I have a cryptocurrency portfolio yeah. and I'm more heavily in, in, invested in Bitcoin. And I'm planning to buy more Bitcoin, especially if its price goes further down. I kind of missed out again, uh, but um, I'm hoping it's going to go back down. But it comes to your disciplines, comes down to not falling for the FOMO and fear and hype. Because right now that we're talking, we're recording this today, Bitcoin price is actually going up. Now everybody's excited and interested about it. Today, I'm not buying Bitcoin. I'm going to wait for it to drop again and I'm going to buy then. So because Bitcoin is very volatile, it's very, very easy to fall for emotions and manage your portfolio out of emotions again and not strategy and because it's a little bit unknown like it's not like a stock or a company that you can go and look at it and like look up the ceo you cannot do that about bitcoin so you're gonna you're you're gonna become a lot more emotional if something bad happens and um so right now with my students that's kind of basically my my role i'm like I'm the emotional manager of my students' portfolios. I'm like, don't panic, don't sell. So when they buy Bitcoin drops, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, no, don't panic, keep on buying. When it goes up, I'm like, no, don't buy, hold on. So if you know what you're doing, I think um, it's a very interesting um, allocation to your portfolio. So part of my portfolio and my dad's portfolio and my sister's portfolio Thanks to me is Bitcoin. They don't know anything about it. I've been buying it for them, but um, I would re strongly recommend that you learn about it first before you actually start buying. Absolutely. And, and I couldn't agree more. You definitely want to be informed as you invest in something. You put your hard earned money into something. So, you know, you kind of touched on um, the, the volatility of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. When we talk about like, index funds or exchange traded funds or even stocks, uh, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, they hedge their bets by dollar cost averaging and, and just buying it once a month, same amount, whatever, and and just kind of riding the wave and not really paying, uh, not trying to time the market. You know, time in the market is better than timing the market, that, that sort of adage, right? Do you see the same thing in Bitcoin or is this a whole different beast? Would you suggest that somebody, if they want to start, they should just put periodic amounts or is there sort of a more of a skill um, to to um, timing those uh, dips uh, as uh, as opposed to you know the stock market where more often than not it's probably best you just consistently get in there. So uh, I actually have to say about dollar cost averaging. While it's a great strategy if you really don't know what you're doing and mm -hmm. you don't want to be involved at all, I personally even for my stocks and index funds I do take it a step further. I don't try to time the market, but I do try to price the market. Right. And um, so instead of just doing it once a month on a certain date, I do look at the price. I do look at the prices. And if I after I do my analysis and I'm talking about any asset, not cryptocurrency, not even just stocks, but any asset that I want to invest in, I do um, follow technical analysis because what's interesting is that, you know, it never fails. History does repeat itself. And what goes up must come down. And um, I, I do do that, even with stocks. So 
how I manage my portfolio is that I have a certain amount of cash flowing into my account every month. And um, instead of just blindly just putting it across my portfolio, I actually go and see if today, if that day is the right day to, to buy, because it could be an all time high day. And I kind of don't want to buy an all time high. I, I, I kind of, I'm kind of cheap. So I do want to look for sales. So right. within that month, I try to create, to um, discover and identify the key psychological levels that I believe uh, the price could drop to and uh, set my buy limit orders at different levels and uh, buy my way down. So that's my strategy for stocks. And that's also my strategy for Bitcoin. Now, sometimes because I do this, there is obviously risk in this. Sometimes because I do this, I miss out on buying altogether because yes, I might have done, read the markets wrong and the market never pulls back and I miss out on buying. Um, in which case, well, I have to go and buy at a higher, higher price. But more often than not, I'm willing to take this risk because I've seen more often than not that when it when the markets are rushing up, uh, it'll come down and I'd rather buy it. And Bitcoin is the same. Bitcoin is actually incredibly um, uh, correlent with the um, with technical analysis and market price actions. And um, because we have so much data on it now and we have so much history on how much it goes up and then how much it crashes, and Bitcoin is incredibly volatile. So, um, yeah, again, I applied the same exact strategy to my Bitcoin. But the interesting thing is, even if you did dollar cost averaging every single month from 2017 uh, until 2019, when Bitcoin's price went from $20,000 to $3,000, you would still be up by a lot today. So even dollar cost averaging Bitcoin is better than not investing in Bitcoin or any other asset. So dollar cost averaging is great strategy if you really don't know anything. If you wanted to step it up a notch, I do recommend um, technical analysis. For sure, and, and that's very fair. And I um, typically, when I when I whenever I talk to it, I just always I I tend to dollar cost average because I think it's just it makes it more effortless it makes it more automated but i totally understand that you know value investing technical analysis like those are very um viable things uh, absolutely so you know when we think of this you know we're talking about buying opportunities um we think of how it's recovered so crazy and you know we we see that some people are kind of like oh i should have bought in march and, and there's this sort of like regret so um I guess today, how can young adults kind of um, make the most uh, of the market right now? What's what's going on right now, um, and and how can um, all of us really uh, seize the opportunity that's in front of us uh, with respect to investing, personal finance, etc.? So now we're getting to my investment strategy and my outlook on the markets. Okay, great. So the markets <laughs> and Bitcoin and everything else is an all, at all time high right now. So we are in the middle of uh, well at the end of an election year. And there has never been an election like this before because one side of the country still thinks the election is not over, whereas the other side of the country is already celebrating and it's literally half and half. So there is a chance that one in two people that are uh, listening to this today are in either side of the political realm. I, I don't know what you, who your audience is, but um, 
normally just looking at the market that at the stock price just objectively and just forgetting about all the chaos that is going on so so far we have again well president elect or the media project depending on who you talk to i don't want to get political here so okay, no <laughs> i don't, don't know what to say it's <laughs> it's very hard to be politically correct at this time because everybody's gonna no matter what you say somebody's gonna get offended but uh, normally what happens going into the election day, if going into the election day, the market is, gonna, is going up, which was the case this time around, December and November, uh, I'm sorry, November and December also uh, end up in green. And the first year of first time presidents also uh, normally has been good in terms of market um, appreciation, in terms of value. So, but on top of this, this, this year we also have COVID, and so there's a lot of uncertainties going out, going down. My personal, very personal opinion, it's just my opinion, is that because we just had the vaccine news come out, and because we just came out of an election day, and all the things that are going on, the corona vaccine kind of hyped up the market a little bit more. And the election also, you know, whatever result that you perceive the, that is out, again, half of the country think one thing and the other half think another thing. People are happy. That's why the stock market is continuing to go up. And um, this is a very classic case of buying the rumor. Because if you think about it, the corona vaccine is not out yet. The news is out. The president has not actually been changed or sworn in or whatever. The second term has not begun. We're still in the same era as we were like last month and two months ago. So these are all rumors that is exciting the market. And normally what happens is that, so the phrase on Wall Street is buy the rumor, sell the news. So I am expecting personally a pullback, not a market crash like what we saw last year. And uh, uh, it wasn't last year. <laughs> Feels like Feels last like year. It. In, Mar <laughs> in March of 2020. Um, but I kind of my personal view is that we, we, we could see a pullback. And but again, if you want a dollar cost average and you're holding it long term, you know, just buy <laughs> every month and, buy, and, and yeah. just don't panic if the markets crash and continue buying and um, you're you're going to be going to be good. But I mean, so that is about price action. But of course, you really want to invest in things that you understand and you think they have potential for growth in the next five to 10 years, because really the next two months is going to be incredibly impossible to really know what's going to happen. So. It, it, it is very crazy out there. There's so many different things that are going on. Uh, so, Kiana, my last question for you. Um, you know, we haven't talked too, too much about personal finance and, and money in general. Uh, but, you know, what what is one thing uh, that sets apart successful people from unsuccessful people with money? What's what's the one thing that you, you know, talk to your students about and, and genuinely believe in? That, that makes that difference between somebody who handles their money and is going to thrive and maybe somebody who So isn't. there are two components to this. There is successful with money and then there is successful with investing. But um, successful with money is people who understand that it's not about how much you make, but it's about how much you make that money work for you, right? So, or how you handle it, how much you save, how much you grow that money. And that's why I'm passionate about investing because 
we see lottery winners just losing all their money. It's because they don't know how to handle it. Why don't they know how to, hand, how to handle it? It's because they're not educated. It's like simple as that. It's like really basic understanding of, hey, pay your credit card debt, right? Like don't be in debt. Don't pay interest on credit cards. Like real basic financial literacy that should be taught in high schools and is not. And you can learn about them. Just pick up a bunch of books, learn about them, educate yourself and and, and start budgeting and then start investing. The sooner you start investing, the better off you're going to be. Uh, I actually just put a TikTok out there because it said you follow me on TikTok. It's about how you can make your kid a millionaire. I target moms, right? So I just if, watched that. I know. So it's I actually did the math. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. So if the day that your child is born, you set aside, you invest 50 bucks per month, not just save, invest 50 bucks per month in below average index fund. So market average year by year, year over year is like eight to 10%, let's say 6%. <laughs> let's say your return per year is only 6%. Um, by the time there are 20, your, your kid is, I said 20, was it 20 or 18? Uh, they're going to have maybe 18. Yeah, 18, they're going to have yeah. $20,000 on at that compound rate. Uh, whereas they have, you have saved $10,000, it's double to 20,000. If they continue at the same exact uh, compound interest until they're 65, they're going to have $1 million. They're going to be a millionaire. And of course, in 65 years, yes, inflation, yes, $1 million in 65 years is not going to be the same as the 1 million here. But guess what? You've saved $40,000 in that whole 65 years. Of course, $40,000 is a lot less than a million dollars, even in 65 years. So you want to be investing. That just shows the power of investing. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, that's that's really all I have for you today, Kiana. You were amazing. Uh, we talked about cryptocurrency and money and uh, markets and what what's going on. So I feel, I feel great. And I hope uh, the audience does as well. Uh, really quick, just kind of tell everybody where they can find you because I mean, I think where can't you find you in my opinion, but kind of, kind of share some of the, some of the stuff where they can check right. out. Right. So, I mean, the best place to go is obviously my website because sometimes I get impersonators on, on the social media. So the, the website is investdiva.com, D-I-V-A.com. But then my handle on Instagram is investdiva. I'm now verified. So, you know, it's not the impersonator. So that's great. Uh, on Facebook also, I go by both Investiva and Kiana Danielle on Twitter. I have also also both TikTok. I'm pretty fun. So if your audience is younger, uh, it's at Kiana Danielle. So awesome. <laughs> you can find me there. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure to chat and I, I hope to uh, have you back on soon. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. So there you have it, my friends. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. Again, just a fantastic interview. And, and you know, I learned so much from then. And I think it's just great to listen to it now, given all the craziness and uh, kind of just how reliable, um, you know, a, of a source Kiana is. And, and so you reach out to her on Instagram. Uh, she's really awesome. She's really receptive. Uh, and she's a fantastic teacher. Thank you guys for tuning in. Again, I owe you guys the world. I appreciate y'all. Boy, I love y'all. But for now, I'm out this mother. Peace.